This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. In this episode, AI, madness, insanity, and science fiction in The Ultimate Computer. Compliance, the final frontier. Tom Fox is the voyager of trekking through compliance. His mission? To explore the original series and seek out and share what it can teach you about compliance. Here's your host, Tom Fox. Trekking through compliance, episode 53, The Ultimate Computer. In this episode of Trekking Through Compliance, we consider the episode The Ultimate Computer, which aired on March 8, 1968, and occurred on Stardate 4729.4. Story synopsis. The Enterprise is summoned to a space station without explanation and told that the crew will be removed to the space station. Upon arriving, Kirk is contacted by Commodore Enright and told that Commodore Bob Wesley will be beaming aboard. Kirk finds out from Wesley that he has been given the honor of testing Dr. Daystrom's M5 Multitronic system, a computer designed to replace the crew of a starship. McCoy has misgivings about the test, but Kirk has no choice but to go along with it. Spock is impressed with the device and believes that it to be potentially more important than Daystrom's advances in duotronics. However, Kirk learns that the device is called M5 because the first four generations were not entirely successful leading him to have misgivings. Kirk does not believe that his misgivings are entirely due to his own jealousy that his job could be partially or completely replaced by a machine. The M5 appears to function normally at first. When it is engaged to enter orbit around Alpha Canari 2 and make recommendations for a landing party, Kirk is chagrined to find out that M5's recommendations are the same of his own, with the exception that he and McCoy are not included since they are, quote, non-essential personnel, end quote. Meanwhile, M5 begins turning off power to unoccupied parts of the ship, at the same time drawing on an increased amount of power from the ship's engines. At an unscheduled drill at Alpha Canary 2, M5 defends the Enterprise against attacks from the starships Excalibur and Lexington, the latter commanded by Wesley. The M5 is declared the victor of the simulated contest, prompting Commodore Wesley to call Kirk Captain Dunzel. Spock explains the meaning of Dunzel to McCoy as a term used by midshipmen at the Federation Academy as a part for which serves no longer no useful purpose. In short time, however, M5 takes control of the Enterprise despite Kirk, Sulu, and Scott's attempt to regain control. It then locks phasers at full power and destroys the automated ore freighter Wotan that has passed nearby. Kirk tries to disconnect M5. He discovers that M5 has generated a protective force field which prevents anyone from getting near it. Scott assigns a technician to unplug the connection, but he is immolated when he tries to disconnect it. M5 has conveniently picked the instant of the technician's action with the establishment of a direct leak between himself and the connector so that it may draw power directly from the warp engines. 
Spock and Scotty are desperately attempting to manually override before a scheduled rendezvous with the exercise force. Daystrom is surprised by M5's actions, but views it as behavior as mistakes made by a child who is still learning. Unfortunately, implementing a manual override fails when M5 reroutes helm and navigation controls using the H279 elements and rendering the G95 systems dead. When Daystrom is questioned about M5's irrational behavior, he reveals that he has impressed human engrams upon the circuitry, providing a system nearly as complicated as human synapses. At the scheduled rendezvous point, the M5 attacks the Excalibur, Lexington Hood, and Potemkin, killing men, uh, killing many crew members, including 53 on the Lexington and 12 on the Excalibur, including Captain Harris and his first officer. Daystrom now reveals that the Ingrams were his own brain Ingrams and that Kirk and company surmise that M5 therefore suffers from the mental instability which Daystrom now reveals. Kirk finally shuts off M5 by pointing out that killing humans has violated its programming of saving men from dangerous activities such as space exploration. Since the penalty for murder is death, the M5 concludes that it must die and shuts itself down. While preventing Kirk from regaining control, it also drops shields, leaving the Enterprise open to retaliatory attacks from the task force. However, when Commodore Wellesley sees the Enterprise has dropped its shields, he calls off the attack. Dr. Daystrom is committed to a program of rehabilitation, i.e. the Psycho Ward, but Spock refuses to respond to McCoy's proddings that the human compassion outweighs any advantages the computer may have in computational ability. McCoy further annoys Spock by suggesting that computers are more pleasant to be around than people. So what are the fun facts for today's episode? Well, mathematician Lawrence Wolf wrote the original story for this episode, which was based on his fascination with computers. However, it emphasized the M5 unit and its creator, Dr. Daystrom, and barely featured the Enterprise crew. It was heavily written by D.C. Fontana, who focused the storyline around Kirk's fear of being replaced by a machine. This episode was a social commentary of the American job losses caused by mechanization of, or during, rather, the 1960s. I've always enjoyed this episode, but there is a lot going on in this episode. And in re-watching this episode again for this updated series of Trekking Through Compliance, I was struck of with Dr. Daystrom. And clearly you see his march towards a mental breakdown. I wouldn't say he was insane, but I would certainly uh, say he had a breakdown at the end of the show. And you see hints of that uh, early on in the show in his responses to both Kirk and Spock. Uh, Clearly, he is unstable. And what I would really like to use that to introduce to you as the CCO or compliance professional is, how are you taking stock of your team? We all became very aware of uh, the depressions or other types of uh, mental health checks uh, needed during the pandemic when we were all stuck at home. We're no longer stuck at home, but we may be uh, working from home or in some sort of hybrid work environment. And are you still paying as close attention as you were during the height of the pandemic to your team or to your coworkers? Um, Have you made clear or made sure everyone knows that uh, employee assistance programs are still available? And the 
pressure that you may be under now, particularly during this economic downturn, may be even greater. And if something is going wrong or going on and it pushes someone over the edge, are you going to be there to identify them being pushed over the edge and hopefully help catch them uh, before they hit the ground? So think about mental health. Think about the mental health of your team. Watch for the signs of uh, instability or depression or something else that might tell you that a person is about to have a breakdown. So what are the compliance takeaways from this episode? Well, clearly uh, this episode deals with automation and all of the issues that are addressed in this episode are still being uh, discussed and commented and uh, part of today's dialogue as well. Certainly in the compliance community, um, the role of uh, innovation and compliance is on the forefront, I think, of everyone's mind. The Department of Justice in the 2019 guidance said that continuous monitoring and the continuous use and upgrade of that, uh, continuous use of that information and upgrade of your compliance program is now a mandatory part of any best practices compliance program. But what's the role of AI in compliance? Well, this is something that uh, really is being debated. There are, of course, uh, lawyers uh, largely from the general counsel's office or otherwise who don't understand the uses of AI in compliance and have fought this. But ComTech really improves your operational efficiency. And if you can improve your operational efficiency, you're going to increase your uh, business efficiency and uh, increase ROI and make compliance truly into a profit center. So it's certainly going to be, I think, the wave of the future going forward. Join us tomorrow where we take up the episode, Bread and Circuses. If you enjoyed this episode of Trekking Through Compliance, you can help it grow by sharing it with the biggest Trek fan you know. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.